intro, the intro. I've been working on the intro, trying to, I don't know, change it up slightly, but I'm falling back to my old way. Intro to drum roll. Here we go. Oh, yeah, drum roll. That would be cool. No, no podcast really has a drum roll. I'll put a drum roll in right here. Why not? Welcome to Opposable Thumbs, a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge in two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. The trolley problem is our challenge this episode, and thanks to previous guest Tim Sway mm-hmm, for that challenge. Mm-hmm. My name is Rob Ray. I use he, his gender pronouns, and I'm a designer by day and an artist by night, and I make music and objects and sounds and other things using the name Shimmering Trash Pile. I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY engineer, CAD cam enthusiast, Midwestern Viking noted tall person. I'm a he, his kind of guy. Is there, Taylor, is there a Wikipedia page of tall people? Uh, you, that you should be you on? I think there would be. Let's take a look. Did you listen to the most recent episode of Reply All? Uh, let's see here. Tall people. List of the tallest people. Something tells me I'm not going to be anywhere close to this. Wow. Robert, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert, Robert Wadlow. Eight inches or <laughs> eight feet, 11.1 inches. I'm sure that guy just wow. had it. It was just a huge pain in the ass. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Unable to yeah. stand. Et cetera, et cetera. Like here's this guy said, well, he he would technically be this tall if his spine was actually straight. So yeah, I'll, I'll oh, tell you dang. that I, I'm brushing right up against circus tall where, you know, like everything hurts and it starts getting funky. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah, like um, Andre the Giant, right? He really had a lot of, I think, help. He died in his 40s, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Because you were like in that sweet oh. spot, aren't you like averageman.com? And I'm not trying to yeah, put you down here. Did you ever desire? Did you ever desire to be taller or shorter? Oh yeah, every day. Every day? Yeah, sure. It, so am I? Am I just like a slap in your face as a friend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Taylor, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Yeah, let's hear it. I feel slapped in the face. No, you know, I I think um, it's you know, this is the ridiculousness of being human. Mm. Is like. Every day, I'm like, well, if I was taller, people might see me differently, or I might... Yeah, they'd look at your chin. Whatever, whatever. It's a cultural... Something or another. I wish my I voice know. was deeper. Oh, my gosh, Taylor, your, your voice is already so deep. My voice is... I don't think so, really? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Chris Riley's got a pretty good <laughs> yeah. one. Nick Bontrager really he can does. get down into the low registers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some, some, some guests, previous guests with low voices. Jealous. Tim Sway is a pretty good low voice. Yeah. Hey, we should probably get into challenges. We actually... Uh, oh, wait. Are we making a podcast? Oh, yeah. We are. We're thinking about Here it. we are. We're thinking about it. Uh, I'm down. So, cool. who's first this week? You're the one who always knows. I'm, I'm first. I'm first. You are first. Okay, excellent. All right. We've got... Um, uh, 12 JPEGs and a PNG at the end. So let's see here. So Rob has a couple of night shots uh, or maybe dawn or something like that. And um, these are characterized by at least one of them by what, what appears to be some digital zoom, right? So I'm seeing um, this big old hairy um, palm tree. <laughs> Yeah, it's very Dr. Seuss. Uh, yeah, and it's it's beyond um, a fenced-in area. And I can't tell if this is Rob's fenced-in area or not because he has this sort of um, funky studio house. You know, we see sort of the flavor of his neighborhood. So there's little teeny security cameras and they're um, little 
IR lights are showing up as kind of bright pink. So maybe Rob has a, um, on his, his porch can be seen at all hours from the uh, security camera on another building, maybe is what we're looking at. Okay, so now there's a, um, uh, what looks like a screenshot of the world's simplest website. It's been blurred out, mm-hmm. but it's the so-and-so shop in uh, Los Angeles. I won't, I, I won't list the, I don't know anything about the LA area. Yeah, I, sh- I should have blurred out the address. Okay, you still have time to do that. Uh, and it's got its hours listed, its email, and so forth. Um, but all I see is LA shop. Um, and it carries things like fragrance, jewelry, gift cards, and so forth. So there's like a she-she little shop right here. Okay, so now Rob is damaging his OPSEC again. So I'm, do you think you could do anything yeah. with um, the tokens and stuff in the um, uh, mail.google.url? I mean, I think they're unique IDs for each email. Right? Oh, okay. So I don't think okay, so. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, greetings. My name is Rob. We haven't met, but you're my next-door neighbor. <laughs> so presumably the shop, you just have a shop next door to you. I hope business is going well. There's a f- freshly installed security camera on your building that's pointing in the alley, which is public space, and also at my house. If it's yours, kindly remove it immediately. If it isn't yours, I appreciate your help forwarding this email to the owner of the camera. Interesting. So is do you have any sort of legal standing for making such a demand? Good question. Yeah, just figured you'd see what would happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's keep going. Hi, Rob. This is the landlord. Or the landlord is blah, blah, blah. His phone number is this. He put the camera up since we've been having issues with theft and graffiti coming from the alleyway. He asked if you could give him a ring at your convenience. Well, that's like a really nice note back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's passing the buck well, yeah. in a nice way. Oh, you, yeah. you got yeah. a note from the senior vice president, him or herself. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. A company of four. Okay. You said, great. Thanks for the connection. I ask you to consider the very low efficacy of cameras as deterrence to the crimes you described. They compromise the privacy of your customers and our neighbors and foster the distrust and fear of our fellow Angelinos. Uh, Rob has purchased what looks like a 3D vinyl toy of the poop emoji. It says batteries included, so it does something. And there's some kind uh-huh. of, so it's a white or color-changing LED light. This gets me wonder if Rob's going to do like some IR signal jamming or something. Um, all right, so he's got it lit up. It's looking good. And he's pulled off the battery case. Um, and now he's mocking up in Illustrator. Um, there's a graphic, kind of like those graphics that ask you to clean up after your dog. So there's a dog mm-hmm. with a security camera head, kind of Banksy-ish, taking a poop. And it says, your useless security cameras are shitting on everyone's privacy. How- however, he there's a, a large gap in between the SH and the TTING of the word shitting and the eye is missing. So I'm wondering if perhaps he'll be inserting like a, an LED or something in that spot or a camera or I don't know what. Uh, and then he is, when he's printing it out, he's tiling it. So it looks like he wants it to, to come out pretty large potentially. Um, okay, great. So here it's been printed out tiled and it's, it's quite wide. If these are roughly eight and a half by 11, so it's, um, three times eight and a half and five times 11. So he's making sort of his own poster here, but perhaps this will be a stencil that he'll transfer um, because oh. he wants to make a, a point about graffiti. I wish it was. I might oh, well, next time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, next time. Uh, That's a great idea. And then he's getting in there and he is repairing. I should really talk to you, Taylor, while I'm working on stuff. Though. That's not the point of the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. I, don't, well. I mean, this is the thing. Is like a lot of this is just yeah. an excuse to talk to you. Um, yeah. I mean, Rob, we make the rules it, and like, here. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then now the little poop emoji is getting laid into that gap. Laid over the word shitting. And now you're getting a, an email from Beep Beep, the uh, senior vice president uh-huh. or the, uh-huh. oh, no way, this would be the landlord. Please call me if you get a chance yep. regarding the cameras. The last thing I, is I want for you to feel your privacy is invaded. So we'll be moving the camera. Please call when you get a chance. Well, look at that. Yep. Thanks for your email. Yep. I have a few meetings wrapping up this morning, so I'll give you a call this afternoon. And we'll have a chunk of time to chat. I appreciate your proactive communication. Dude, look at this. Look at you and your yep. white guy energy. You just yep, tell someone yep. to do this thing, and they do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is that. Okay, that's the last. That's, that's the slide. Yep. Interesting. So yep. you were preparing to um, display something to their camera, but it, it turned out not to be necessary. I think it will turn out to not be necessary, which I'm really happy. Amazing. About. So I had another trolley problem project that in the works. Yeah. And then on Sunday, these security cameras were installed, mm-hmm. pointing directly into all of the windows of our house. Yeah, right. So the trolley problem, as I think about it in my head, is there's a bad situation. And if you don't do something, the bad situation is going to be bad. Yeah. But if you take action, the bad situation could could be worse. Or it could be not as worse, depending on your own moral, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, uh, rationale, right? right. Um, I am really, really bad at addressing a stranger and being like, hey, you, you're doing a bad thing. You know, like I'm not, that's not, that's actually why I make the artwork I make in a lot of ways is like it allows me to like proxy the direct confrontation I would have to make with a regular person. But I was like, here it is. This is the trolley problem for me. I can, I can do nothing and be mad every day. Yeah. Or I can contact the storefront business and be like, WTF. Mm-hmm. So the storefront owner, you know, passed the buck, which is what they should have done, was perfectly nice to me about it. I said, okay, great. And then I currently have a communication with the landlord that seems like it's going to go good i got to call them back tomorrow because i couldn't do this afternoon even though i said i could um oh see that's an alpha move you make that demand and then you set up a meeting and you mi- you skip the meeting and then you skip the meeting. <laughs> yeah, <that is. laughs> yeah nice. so so well that's funny so, so. <laughs> <laughs> i never thought about that that's so funny yeah. <laughs> um Sorry, I'm having a moment over yeah, here. Okay, good. so 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 um so I have the sign; it's ready to go if needed. Mm-hmm. But I would like to not deploy it. I would like the cameras to come down. Maybe they will. We'll see. So I'm still stuck in the trolley problem decision making matrix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like my, my least arty of projects, I feel like, but it also has been. I thought like it captured so well the problem. Well, you know, I've actually been really enjoying backing off of the need to make something arty. You know, because mm-hmm. I because I mean, the product is largely audio. Right. And I think I think it's important that a thing is made. But fundamentally, yeah. it's about how that thing facilitates storytelling and verbal connection. And yeah. so there's something yeah. cool about the fact yeah. that you can really I mean, clearly, if every time you come in and you're like, oh, I just thought of really difficult thought for two weeks, that would be unsatisfying, <laughs> even though it could uh-huh, lead uh-huh. to an interesting talk. Yeah. Could you not just install a big um, IR LED array and just point it at the camera? 
Yeah. So one one idea that that came up for me, yeah, was having was getting a laser pointer and just shooting mm-hmm. it straight into the CCD, <laughs> which which might actually then, damage it. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you have your technology over there doing your passive thing, and I have my technology over here doing my passive thing. Right. And unfortunately, mine is in the way of yours. <laughs> like yeah, like because it's not public. It's not like physical defacement or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just my my laser pointer happens to be pointed directly at your camera. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, that's too bad. If you don't want to talk about this, just say the word. Uh-huh, uh-huh, but I mean, uh-huh. you were mugged right in front of your place. And so, yes, I was. Yeah. Is yeah. is some small part of you does some small part of you feel like it's actually nice to have more cameras around? No, no, not at all. I mean, two people in the past year have been killed one block away from me on my street. Right. But like security cameras they don't keep those people alive. Cops for any kind of infraction other than murder aren't even going to look at your security camera footage. Mm. It is pure like security theater. But, but I got mugged and the cops weren't even interested in pursuing the people who did it to me. And like I got mugged at knife point. Oh, when you when you told them, what, what did they say? They're like, oh, yeah, hmm, could be somebody we know. Stay safe. It's like, yeah, thanks, asshole. Like, I mean, cops just don't like I don't know if it's if it's structural, whatever it is or or whatever. They just don't pursue non-physical. Like you know, if someone was hit by a car, then they've got to write up the report. But like, like if if a kid points a knife at me and says, "Give me your wallet," like they're really not going to pursue it. Mm. And so, like the camera footage is doing nothing for anyone except like making everybody bristle when they walk by it and feel weird about their neighborhood, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. if you want to prevent crime, have a block party and get to know who your people, who your neighbors are, and they'll and they'll stop tagging your building. You know, like, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. What happened, right, is the storefront said, something happened to us, landlord, do something. And the landlord said, okay, I'm going to Google a security company, call them. And the security company says, yeah, for five grand, we can do this. And they say, okay, great. And the security company comes out and just installs the camera on all four corners of the street, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like a part of their package deal, irrespective of the fact that, like, it violates everyone's privacy it is pointed directly at my house, like, et cetera, et cetera. It's completely useless. But like the the landlord's only problem was I got to get this tenant off my back. And for five grand, I can resolve that. The security camera wants to sell you a security camera package. And what happened is, is now like everybody's walking through the alley, driving through the alley and, and the dozens, the hundreds of school kids who walk into that school across the street are now on camera for no reason, right? It's mm-hmm. like, and like that's bullshit you know like i'm not i'm gonna call them and be like what the fuck you know so so yeah i don't know that that's it just seemed like a number of bad choices have now resulted in three cameras being pointed into every single window on one side of my house like that's bad yeah i just uh posted i mean i don't want to read it in too much depth while you're talking sure sure right, right, <laughs> but right. i posted yeah. a a little uh, piece on the aclu.org where they talk about it says video surveillance has not been proven effective as opposed to proven ineffective, but those are both interesting to think about. Susceptible to abuse, lack of limits or controls on camera use, and um, video surveillance has a chilling effect on public life. So some of the things that you're talking about. Yeah, and that's public. I think that's public video surveillance, which is would be run by a city, right? Like I think, I think a lot of those studies are done on like those cameras that the city of Chicago installed, right? Like mm. those gunshot cameras mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Not private CCT, like not private cameras pointed, not even at the property owner's property, but out in the street, you know, which is 
doubly stupid. Like I think like because oh the other thing is is this is funny is you know that thing's got motion detection built in like that's part of every package. Mm-hmm. So I was like, one of the things I'm going to do is just have the poop emoji pop up every once in a while and just keep triggering the messaging on the, on the security camera thing. Yeah. And so like they just get spammed so much, they cut the cameras off because this is another thing, right? As cameras become essentially just ineffective and so they shut it down, but then the cameras are still sitting on the outside of the building making everybody feel bad. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just toxic, right? The whole thing is just bad. Anyway. It's interesting. I wonder if it would make me feel similarly... I mean, I feel like I largely keep my curtains drawn, and I'm kind of accustomed to cameras being around. We have a lot of trouble with crime on our street as well. Um, There was a guy who was carjacked and killed at the end of our block, Mm -hmm. and there were people getting mugged on their bikes and stuff in the alley. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know that I would feel worse to have cameras around but I should read this article because I, you know, maybe I'm just falling for the wishing something would be done, but not caring about its effectiveness. Right, 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 mm-hmm. and the ramifications of even it's even if it's somewhat effective, what's the cost? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Taylor, should we look at your? Let's uh, look at my stuff. Cool. Uh, yes, so Trolley Original is it an image that I looked at online as well. Yeah. yeah, so what's the context? That is, I don't I don't know what the, I looked at it through Google Image Search, so I'm not sure exactly. Do you know what the context is for this image? So I think according to Know Your Meme, around 2016, the image got picked up to make sort of absurdist versions of the trolley problem. So this image is just... um. Ah, it's not okay. a complete scribble. Like the person knows a little bit about what they're doing, but it's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, not a ton of effort went into it, but it just shows the really essential trolley problem. And as you probably read on Wikipedia as well, there's a whole bunch of variants. Yep. So, so this is just the very basic. There's five little guys tied up on the track that the train is naturally barreling down. And then there's a sad mm-hmm. switch master who has to decide, must I make an active choice to save the five and kill this other one who would otherwise be uninjured. Yeah. So, so yeah, it has a, it has like a troll face kind of vibe. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. You know, troll face yep. that like hand drawn with a sort of single color pen look. So yeah. So just to describe the image a little bit, there's a trolley car, like a San Francisco trolley car. And it's, if it goes straight, it's going to, there's five people tied to the tracks and they're going to get plowed. If he decides to act, only one person is going to get plowed. Now, here's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe don't quite understand about the trolley problem. Yeah. Is immediately I would throw the switch. Mm-hmm. I believe that means that you're a utilitarian. Then. Okay, and so yeah, so I, and maybe we'll we'll get into this later. But to me, like there is no decision. I would know exactly what to do. Well, ha- but hang on. I mean, really, if you think you were in that circumstance, you would really kill this person. So say, for example, there's... I'm not killing one person. I'm saving, I'm saving four. Yes, but, but through your act, you are causing a person who would otherwise go unharmed to be killed. So you are killing one person in order to save five because you are making the well, choice. I never thought about that. Yeah. But, okay, I didn't think about... I, it wouldn't have occurred to me at the time in the moment, in the, in the time I needed 
to throw the switch. Oh, now you've thought about that it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that actually the other person would have not been killed at all. Like, yeah. like it was they were predestined. The five people were predestined to be killed, right? I get it now. Okay, but then the one person is not predestined. But they're tied to a track. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like... I think if you've been tied to a track, you're you're sort of been predestined. Like, somehow someone has made a decision against your will that you're going to die. Well, I, I think that's I, I think know. that's why they switched it around, right? So Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, so the original dilemma according to Wikipedia have uh, these different sort of situations set up. But then when you make modifications on it, I think it gets harder. So, did you read the one about the okay. doctor and the transplants, the organs? No. So, say you're a doctor and someone comes to see you. So, you've got a whole bunch of patients and five of your patients are um sure to die because they need to have a very crucial organ replaced in very short okay. order. And then this guy comes from out of town and he like stubs his toe or something and comes to the hospital just uh-huh. to get checked out. So he's a tourist and you happen to know through taking his, you know, history and so forth that he has no family. And if he were to disappear, nobody would ever know how it happened um, because of the way he's like backpacking through South America. So like, I don't know. And so you become aware that he's super healthy and is a perfect match for five of your patients, each of whom need like a kidney and a liver and a heart and all this. So you're aware mm-hmm. that you would not be caught and that you could um, kill this guy, take all of his organs and save the five patients of yours that are waiting for organs. Would you do it? I wouldn't. And the reason I wouldn't do it is because I feel like I feel like there's no sure, like I would never feel confident that I wouldn't get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's always the problem with these things, right? Is that like, of course it's never going to be a hundred percent. Like, well, what if I switch the track and the track has enough of a curve in it that maybe the thing will stay, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think for these, the problem with them is that they're hypothetical, but they also contain a, a certainty. I like that twist because it makes it less, I think for me, this, this, the switch person in this case has one second to decide, like, do I plow one person or five? And for me, I know I would throw the switch. Well, that's also interesting, though. So in the first case, you're not worried at all about getting caught. So let's say that you definitely would get caught as the doctor. How is what you're doing any different? Okay, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> the trolley is definitely going to kill the five people yeah but but the trans like the transplants i just feel like there's so many things that could like there could be some sort of staph infection like there's all sorts of things that make it feel less no, sure no, no. Those, those those five, five people, are, people gonna are gonna die tomorrow because of the nature of their okay. illnesses and oh, so okay, you have okay, the staff okay. ready to go for the transplants uh-huh. so how about uh-huh, this uh-huh. okay so all the people I wouldn't do it I, and i don't understand why i why i feel that way I know what you're well, saying. Well, but, but yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm sure somewhere out there, you know, like a philosophy undergrad's like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, 101. Yep. But it's, you know, new to yep. me. <laughs> but I like the ways in which, because you're trying to probe and figure out, you know, yeah. if you can come out of one in a sort of heroic bearing, right? That like kind of maybe that is what sh- shifts our mind a little bit. Or I think a lot of it uh-huh. has to do with who the agent seems to be that's causing the death. And so when you hit the switch, it's yeah. still the train running over the dude, right? Yes, exactly. Whereas if you're the exactly. doctor, you exactly. were literally going to stick your knife in the you dude. You nailed it. Yep. And yep. through some arguments, there's no difference there at all. Yes. Yeah, like where does my, my guilt 
I have guilt about the second one, right. but I don't have guilt about the first one because I don't blame the, I don't blame myself for the trolley going down the track. Did interesting? Did okay. we already talk about? Um, I forget who the interview was with, but I remember hearing an interview with a guy who was talking about the person who carries the nuclear codes for the president. Did we talk about this? There was something about like if you had you have to kill the person with the nuclear codes in order to cause a nuclear war. Right now, he just carries it around, or they just carry it around in a suitcase, and they're just with the president okay. all the time. But if the codes yep. had to be written like on a slip of paper in a glass tube and it was implanted in their heart and then they just carry around a cleaver and so when you're ready to do it i mean the person carrying it has to just like totally offer themselves up right they don't fight back but then the president has to like dismember a person and i i think that's actually a great idea yeah I, i think it's a great idea also because i feel like an asshole like president trump is such a deep 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 coward for sure. He could not actually do it if he if he had to own the act. Of course. Like in, in his body, where if he had to just tell people to throw the switch, he would totally do it. And at the same time, there's been some really heroic people that decided not to, right? Like the um, that Russian commander yeah. where there was some kind of like blip in the system and he just right. made the decision yep. to get fired and not. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I don't want to keep you on this forever. But um, I mean, yeah, we're on your first image. Yeah, yeah, that's not even anything I did yet. That's just some image I yeah. downloaded. <laughs> okay, so, so second image. So should we can, can we should yeah, we go second image? Yeah. Or did you, sorry. Okay. 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 This is <laughs> this is a picture of Jordan Peele, uh, sw- sweating profusely, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, I just really figured out who Key and Peele are the other day. Um, oh, my friend, you're in first from some delights. They're pretty funny. It's I, so I somehow now like because I clicked on one on YouTube, a thousand of them yeah. show up in my recommendations. It's pretty. It's a pretty interesting model that they came up with. So sorry, quick aside about mm-hmm. Peel. Are they like YouTubers or do they have a TV show or something that these are edits from? So they started out on Mad TV, okay. and then which had you know kind of like middling success, and then the two of them went on to yeah. have their own show on Comedy Central. I see. But okay, I think okay. they were sort of one of the early people that realized you should just put everything you do out on YouTube and just monetize it that way as well. And then the stuff that they do breaks down into really nice little three to five minute chunks. So it just really makes sense. But the, there's some really amazing sketches in there. Like, um, you should check out, I'll send you a list, but they've. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. So this me, this is a picture of Jordan Peele, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Uh, and it says in the like um, meme font in, in impact, like impact bold has advanced degree in visual media. How can it be? <laughs> how, how hard can it be? Oh, how, Oh, how hard can it be? Has advanced degree in visual media? How hard can it be? So I don't know the, the connection to this key and peel skit, skit where Jordan Peele is profusely sweating and has a very stern, intense looking look. But I, I, I get the premise of the meme, which is, um, you're sort of challenging yourself uh, to do something. Yeah. So let's see what the next. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Okay. So the next one, and maybe this is this is Taylor's own version, possibly. Yeah. These are ones that I made. Okay. Is is the same trolley problem uh, premise? Same trolley. Same person at the switch. Uh, so as I understand it, based on this image, if the trolley keeps going straight is going to plow through this pile of people, some of whom will be hit and some of whom will not be hit. Maybe I need to do, maybe I need to do better. 
Wait, what kind of or is what, it a bridge yeah, of yeah. people like a rainbow of people no, it's like an arch arch yeah okay. so they, but is it going to hit the anyone? trolley would just go under the arch <laughs> oh it just goes under the arch it just hits no one yeah. this, okay now I get now I understand why it's funny okay <laughs> sorry it's always better when you explain the joke right <laughs> yeah yeah I, sometimes I need it sometimes I need it <laughs> Or if you throw the switch, a person dies. So if you do nothing, nothing happens. It just goes under this really nice arch yeah. made of, of of people tied up at, or the or you kill someone. Yeah. This, so the next image is the same trolley problem, problem premise, except now we have the same, again, five people who are going to get plowed. Or if you throw the switch, one person's going to get plowed. But then Taylor has in the upper right-hand corner a little sort of formula that says one person equals infinity so is it five infinities or one infinities of people that are going to get hit? And then the left just says up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, sorry. Yeah. So, so what does that mean? <laughs> that means if you know the, if you know the Konami code, <laughs> I think the trolley will disappear and reappear on the other side of the tracks. If you don't know the Konami code, you're forced to address your understanding of infinity and what does it mean if there's five infinities worth of Rob, Rob infinity. has it been that long since you played video games? <laughs> oh, probably. So, is there so if you have a little if you have a little person's face uh in the upper right hand corner times a number, what does that mean? Oh, how many lives yeah, they have. There you go, oh man. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm um I do uh, sorry, I'm I do um weekly uh algebra work with right. uh, uh, right. a friend of mine who's in high school and so I, I i'm so prone now to looking at formulas at, at their like, pure face value yep. like as a, a problem to be solved you went you went all brainy on me if you have infinite lives and yes, you run over uh, five people that's infinity yeah. minus five right infinity minus five infinity. is still infinity it's, that's the nihilists almost like the nihilist perspective is that like life is valueless so it doesn't matter which one you hit because it doesn't matter in the end. <laughs> so now in the next one, trolley number two, Taylor has made a ravine that the trolley is in, and the five people are spread sprawled across the ravine. So they're still going to get plowed, but it, it's going to look cooler. <laughs> or, oh, but then you can't switch it, because even if you switch it, the trolley can't hop the ravine into the non-ravine, which has the one person. That never has my project oh, communicated so poorly to you. <laughs> <laughs> pull the lever that inverts the figure ground relationship. Oh, so if you if you pull the lever, wait, that inverts the figure ground relationship. So, <laughs> so the way the way that I was looking at it is, we just see we're just seeing the trolley. So its its little tracks are just two lines, right? Because it's yes. such a simple drawing. So depending on how you think yeah. about it, those two lines could be defining a void or a mass, oh, right? Yes, yeah. Yep. So here yep. I'm just shading it to... So these are basically like all void. kind of like abstract solutions to the trolley problem that allow you to get yes. around the classic discussion. Um, so here the trolley is descending down into a channel that will ultimately yes. be low enough that it will not impact the five people. Um, yeah. So, so maybe part of the understanding of these is the the idea that in every case it's a happy solution where nobody nobody dies. This to me was um, the rush tautology. <laughs> the, uh, it's the inverse of the rush tautology, which is if you still if I stay there will be trouble. If you choose, <laughs> if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. <laughs> uh, Trolley number three. Whoa. 
This is so good, Taylor. Oh my god. Okay, so Okay, so where to start? So where the trolley was is now five people. Where the one person was is now one trolley car, and where the five people were are now five trolley cars. And where the switch person used to be at the switch is now a trolley holding the switch. So this is flipping the... And instead of any text being reported, it just says, screech, 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 clank, 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 hiss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is from the trolley's perspective, what the problem feels like. Wow, this is what I think my dog sees me as, I think. Um, Okay, whoa, (laughs) oh my gosh. This This is the Arduino... Um, blinking uh, LED version of the trolley car uh, hello world Ar- Arduino example turned into the trolley car problem which is the trolley's coming there's the five people on one side the one person on the other and there's two trolley car switch people pulling the lever repeatedly at a 50% duty cycle <laughs> <laughs> so pull the lever repeatedly so fast that the trolley never spends more than 50% of the time on either track which the which which then we're getting into the realm of like um what's the like like theoretical physics or something of like uh yeah uh, is it both places at once or neither yeah oh my gosh Taylor, these are so good whoa whoa and so now we have a bonus demon <laughs> <laughs> which is just a drawing of a demon with um elongated nipples yeah yeah that that was just um i was playing around on the computer some more with my uh tablet i'm trying to practice and i discovered the uh, symmetry tools which are really you oh, know kind of yeah it would be obvious to anyone who's worked in this territory before but i was starting to mess with uh, character Sim- generation procreate hmm? which which tool which drawing uh tool? i think if you just have the brush i don't know if you have to have a pad going or not probably not i'm gonna load up photoshop and see if i can find it but if you look in the just the contextual menu across the top with the brush activated and one of the options you get is symmetry all the way at the right. Oh, cool. It looks like a yeah, little um, uh, butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've seen it in some of the drawing apps like Procreate or something like that. And it's sort of, as you, so say you draw a circle on the one side of the screen, it's going to draw that same circle on the other side of the screen with a sort of split line down the middle, mm-hmm. right? Is that, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It looks great. Yeah, the bonus uh, demon has nothing to do with anything. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So Taylor, which one is your favorite? of the ones that you made uh i mean so so this challenge was kind of like um when i was working on the adobe spark um okay mm-hmm. millennial project yeah and the, the the jordan peele thing was i feel a certain apprehension participating in meme culture and vocabulary because uh-huh. i feel uh-huh. like i'm kind of aged out of it a little bit but at the same uh-huh. time i teach you know and have taught visual studies for like 15 years. <laughs> it's like, yep. so I should be able to figure out something. Although I definitely found that my first ideas were the best and then they went downhill. So I had to reverse order on the images so that we landed on the better ideas towards the end. But I think that the, I think the ones I liked the best were reversing the figure ground and um, the pulse width modulation. Although um, screech, screech, clank, clank was fun too. Although that was just kind of silly. Um, yeah, so if you look these up online, like know your meme and stuff, you'll see there's a billion of them out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if at least one or two of the ones I've done uh, were done by other people too, although I feel pretty good about the uh, pulse width modulation one. I don't think that's going to yeah, be Yeah, that's a really good, really good one out there. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I was partially successful. So for the most part, I just try to stri- stay abreast of a certain amount 
of internet shared vocabulary um, just so I know what I'm looking at when I see something that a 20 year old's created. Um, but at the same time, I feel I had not really engaged it and tried to actively make it. Now, I haven't put any of these online in the spaces where they would normally be found, like Twitter or whatever it would happen to be 4chan or something, uh, nor do I have any interest in that. Um, but I was, I was just curious to see if I could make some that I felt like were passable, at least between you and me. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, I, I like that meme culture in some ways is often about weirding out, yeah. you know? Like, um, which is really nice. Like, I really like that. But it, it definitely seems like it's also about, um, it's, also, it's kind of about like, like if you decide to be in a band and you want people to kind of know about your band and stuff, you kind of have to be a part of music culture, right? like music creation culture. And I feel like meme creation is sort of similar where it would be very rare. I think that someone could just sort of lob one in and, um, and not have like a username or handle or something that other people know, know you as. Well, you I know? think that's often how it starts. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. So do you know this, the subreddit, I'm sorry, John, for example, um, oh. <laughs> so I'm sorry, John, as far as I can tell, it started just from this one very particular comic strip where, um, so it's Garfield. And as we all know, Garfield is kind of already sort of full of existential horror, you know? And, um, so I'm sorry, John kind of imagines, I'll have to try to find the original, but it imagines that Garfield is actually this like eldritch beast of the Cthulhu variety. And so John is like weeping and hiding behind his couch. And then Garfield is coming in on these centipede legs and saying, I can smell your tears, John. <laughs> wow. And like, and it says, I'm sorry, John, as it consumes his eyeballs or something like that. Um, uh, uh, so I feel like that's one of those things where the first one was something that really, it was kind of random and um, it really grabbed a hold of people because of its originality. And now there's a million variants of it where people are trying to sort of make things that feel like, you know, like the, the originality was very important at the beginning, but now it's more important that things meet that, that original original or like play in its vocabulary. It's play in its aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Another example would be, um, Oh wait, what was the other one I was going to bring up? Uh, do you know, Dick, Butt? (laughs) I feel like I know the word, but I don't know the, I don't know a cultural, I don't have a cultural connection. Yeah. So there's, um, there's this very specific web comic. Um, and I forget, um, exactly what it was that happened in the comic, but essentially it was the, the, so the comic is about somebody drawing comics or something and they have to draw just the most inane possible things. They draw this character called Dick, Butt that looks like a penis but then it has a penis coming out of, so so the testicles are like a butt, and then there's a penis emerging from the butt, yes, like a secondary okay, penis, yep. and and it said so so it was just supposed to be like what's the most ridiculous possible thing to be the punchline in this comic, and then that was something else that also really grabbed people. So not unlike um, uh, uh, the Rick Astley thing. You know, so people constantly insert it into gifts where it's like the big surprise reveal uh-huh. at the end of something. Oh yeah, like um, like uh, uh Rick yeah, Rickroll, exactly right. So um, yeah. So but so this is interesting to try and intellectualize and talk about in this way, right? Like I think that there has to be a super original thing at the top, but then the whole sort of secondary market comes from 
um, making variants on it and references back to the original. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe there, maybe the person who made that was already kind of popular in his own right. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. one, one right. example. In two weeks, Taylor, I'm like, I haven't slept. In two weeks. <laughs> You'll have your murder board with the red pieces of yarn going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like tons of like a Reddit cred. cred. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably uh, due to delete Reddit again for a little while. So Tim Sway, shout out. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks for the trolley problem. That was a really interesting one that we we definitely went down some weird, interesting rabbit holes. Sure. We've been down before. You can find photos of our finished projects over at projects.opposablepodcast.com. We also have links in our show notes, and we post cool stuff to our Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. We'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. If you share a podcast episode on social media or rate us on iTunes or send smoke signals or some other cool thing to let people know about the podcast, we will mail you a sticker. Just hit us up on Instagram at opposable underscore podcast or at our email address, which is opposablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to give a shout out to Wesley Alice, Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hex, Nick Kantar, Walter Kotundu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. And if you'd like to join them in our league of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Anything you can donate really helps keep the podcast going. Our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. You can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Taylor, do you have any um, links you wanted to share or anything like that that uh, people should check out? Yeah, it might be, shoot, it might be too late by the time this goes out, but March 1st is the deadline for the uh, Chicago Public Library's next maker in residence. Oh, Uh, And I think that's actually funded um, to the tune of maybe $6,000 or so you engage with the uh, collection and so forth. I I cannot apply to it because my spouse both actively... um, creates the funding for the program uh, and and uh-huh, assesses uh-huh. the applicants <laughs> so so i'm just here to that kind of ship it quite a coup. around but there's another couple of cool ones the kohler um, residency is due march 13th and that one is you go up to kohler a couple hours north of chicago and you can either be a foundry resident or a ceramics resident so that's oh, a really nice. cool one and i think they pay a stipend and give you a place to live uh, luminarts is due the 13th as well you got to be in Chicago and not older than 30 for that one, but I think that's 7,500 mm-hmm. bucks. Um, nice. And then I think, what was it? The Chicago Artist Coalition also just came out with a um, a new grant called Envision, which is going to be 2,500 bucks for new media artists, but I think that's not due until May or so. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. Cool. I got a, I got a couple things, unless you got I'll some do else. it. Cool. Uh, oh, so um, a thing I meant to announce but didn't before previously, which I'm not sure how that happened, is I was on a different another podcast Ooh. called called Art, Music, and Technology. Uh, if you go to artmusictech.libsyn.com, um, Darwin Gross's podcast is really cool. He's done. He's at episode 315 now at this point. Um, he does it weekly, and it's an interview with people who are into art, music technology so it's sort of about creative practice it's about um technology typically around music's music creation music synthesis songwriting etc um and it's really really great uh and he is doing a series of interviews now curated by a friend of his seth cluett who is a, a musician performer person and who also did a show at dead tech my 
old uh, art space that Taylor helped me out with a lot uh, in Chicago years ago. So there's a little bit of a uh, connection with us, Taylor, who uh, who, are, who is uh, doing some stuff with the Art, Music, and Technology podcast. Uh, so if you're into like stuff like MaxMSP, Ableton, modular synthesis, weird making weird things, field recording, whatever, uh, definitely check out Art, Music, Tech. It's it's a cool podcast. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, I have... So related to my Ry- Ryobi battery sewing station which was a opposable thumbs challenge a number of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool project on Hackaday that makes me like so happy because it's a thing that's been in my life for f- my, my like on my, like, my like to-do list for forever and scratches an itch that I, I really, really like this person, Chris Nafis, Nafis, not sure how to pronounce the last name, um, created a 3d printed sort of uh, quote unquote tool or product that uses a Ryobi battery as its power source and um, allows you to uh, charge your phone with either USB-C or USB-A sort of cigarette lighter style um, with 12 volts or five volts. It's like a, whatever you want to charge, excuse me, you can charge through this Ryobi battery. It's really great. Maybe you should pick the number for the challenge this time. Oh, really? You think so? Why not? Okay, cool. Do you have the spreadsheet? I don't, but, um, Oh, let me link. I'll send you the link, and then you can um, mush it around. Okay, so um, pick a number between one and seven. Three. Okay, if if there was only something between us other than our clothes. Oh, nice. By Jen Castillo. Oh, nice, Jen. Shout out. That's great. If only there was something between us. Well, actually, you've you've changed Wait. the. Um, um, meaning significantly with that transposition. If there was only something between us other than our clothes. Oh. You know, actually, here's one thing I'll say is uh, Mel Potter, right, who we previously had on a colleague of mine, she's teaching a course all about the politics of the clitoris. Oh, wow. So I've got a bunch of students cool. right now that are taking my class on body art and then like going wow. directly to her clitoris class. It's going to be That's really great. interesting to hear about how they do. I love it. That's such a great, it's a really, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I have one other thing I wanted to mention. It's a Vice article. Yeah. And this is related to my death clock uh, project from last episode. The article is called What Goop Really Offers, Avoiding the Terror of Certain Death. And it's a really great, like, kind of investigation or interrogation of the wellness movement Mm -hmm. as a, as like a death paranoia, as opposed to being about your health. Anyway, it's good. Oh, hey. And the other thing um, uh-huh. uh, that I meant to ask you, did you try out your death clock on a Raspberry Pi 1 or 2? No, I haven't tried it out oh, yet. Oh, dude, you're leaving me hanging. I know. You got to try know, it. It should I be know. pretty fast, right? Yeah, it should yeah. be. <laughs> you got it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get down to it. But good job yes. as always. Indeed. Off we go. Yes. I can dig it.